Welcome to Main Thing Radio with Robert Fountain, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach, in Miami Beach, Florida. Join us as Robert teaches through God's Word. I need to understand that we never, ever, ever outgrow God. See, some of you guys are incredibly accomplished. Some of you are even wealthy. And you think very highly of yourselves. Bible says you're nothing. I didn't say that. That's in in the book. And the minute we come to the conclusion that in, in, in the presence of the Almighty, we're nothing. When do we outgrow God? When do you reach a peak in your faith? You don't. Today, Pastor Robert will remind you that your relationship with the Lord is ongoing until you see Him face to face in heaven. It doesn't matter if you've been walking with the Lord for five years or 50 years, there's always more to learn. Stick around after today's message from Pastor Robert. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you. Our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. And here's Pastor Robert in the book of Matthew chapter seven with today's edition of Main Thing Radio. Thinking about this thing, about building the relationship and and what it is that God is doing by insisting that I come and ask, by insisting that we come with our requests. You know, when when our daughter was little, Serenity was was what Elizabeth always called a convenient baby. You know, she'd get really upset when people would talk, oh, she's such a good baby. Elizabeth, at one time, you know, kind of shocked me, you know, because my wife has got, you know, definitely a gentle, serene spirit, you know, but man, she was like, there are babies are all good. And I'm like, okay. She says, some of them are inconvenient. Our son, David was an inconvenient baby, meaning he didn't ever want to sleep. Most of the time he didn't want to eat. He just, and he loved life. You know, it was, he would rather play with the food than eat it. And he was hard to control in that sense. I got, I've shared this story, but I got really upset with her one day because we were living in an apartment, you know, here on the beach and, and David was not even a year old and he's in a high chair. Um, and I come in and there's food all over the wall, all over the floor. And I'm like, seriously? I mean, how hard can it be? He's, he's like eight months old and you can't get the food in his mouth? You do it then. You know, she hands me, and that is not my wife. I mean, you guys, those of you who know her, you know that is not, but she's like, fine, you do it. So I'm like, okay, all right, I got this. And I sit down, it was black beans. And he's looking at me with this, you know, bright-eyed look look of excitement. Daddy's gonna, daddy's gonna do this. Daddy's gonna feed me. And all of a sudden, I'm sitting there, you know, with the spoon, and he's got this look, And then the arms and the legs both go up at the same time and the bowl went up in the air and the black beans went all over the wall. And I'm like, okay, from now on, I'm gonna zip it up. 
So I went to Target and I bought one of those gigantic plastic tablecloths like my grandma had when I was a kid. You know the kind I'm talking about? And put that on the floor. I think I put one on the wall. It's like, okay. He was an inconvenient baby. Serenity, on the other hand, was quiet. She slept right on schedule. She almost never cried. She'd make a little kind of a whimper noise, you know, if she had a dirty diaper or something. But I mean, just such a peaceful, quiet, convenient infant. And then she became a toddler and she continued to be quiet and easygoing, but stubborn. Try to put shoes on her. No, no, let me do it. Let me do it. I can do it, Daddy, no. Round and round we'd go. Now, I kind of knew she couldn't do it. You know what I mean? You kind of know, a two-year-old, three-year-old, you know, until, until you've taught them the right foot from the left foot and how to tie the shoelaces. They, they don't know how, right? You guys with me? They don't know how, right? Everybody's with me. They don't know how. We know they don't know how. Initially, they don't know they don't know how, right? And so there comes a point in every toddler's life when they realize, I don't know how. And there's a surrender that takes place where they, they finally come, and I remember that, you know, serenity coming, coming to me, you know, big crocodile tears, you know, because just frustration, I can't do this. So she's coming with shoes for me to help her put her shoes on. And that, that defeat, that utter failure on the part of my little tiny baby daughter was actually a huge step forward, right? Because now she understands, I need somebody's help with this. I need to be taught, I need to learn, right? It's a huge step forward. In the same way, you and I need to understand that we never, ever, ever outgrow God. See, some of you guys are incredibly accomplished. Some of you are even wealthy. And you think very highly of yourselves. Bible says you're nothing. I didn't say that, that's in, that's in the book. And the minute we come to the conclusion that in, in, in the presence of the Almighty, we're nothing. We never outgrow him, we always need his help. We always, it's always in our best interest to say, Daddy, help me. It's always in our best interest. And that's what he wants us to learn and understand, that we can trust him that he'll be there for us, that we can avoid frustration in life simply by looking to him and going to him with our issues and concerns. Now, there's a fascinating story in the book of 2 Kings surrounding the death of the prophet Elisha. In 2 Kings chapter 13, verse 14, it starts off by telling us that Elisha had become sick with the illness of which he would die. Now, those of you who've, you know, you're somewhat familiar with, with the Old Testament, you'll remember that Elijah, the prophet, he didn't die. He was taken up into heaven in, a, in like his chariot, his fiery chariot. But before he went, he kind of passed off the mantle to Elisha. So now we're dealing with the death of Elisha. 
And, and it says that Joash, the king of Israel, came down to him and wept over his face and said, oh, my father, my father, the chariots of Israel and their horsemen. Meaning he was, he was recognizing you're, you're about to be taken from us. And Elisha said to him, take a bow and some arrows. So he took himself a bow and some arrows. Then he said to the king of Israel, put your hand on the bow. So he put his hand on it. And Elisha put his hands on the king's hands. Now, can you see this picture? How do you teach a child to tie their shoelaces? How do you teach a, a child archery? You know, I, I can remember, and I know some of you are gonna be really upset with me, but I, I remember taking David, my son, hunting with me when he was a little boy the first time. And not for sport, if we kill it, we eat it, kind of a thing, but, the first thing I did in teaching him to manage a shotgun was to hold it with him. I, I wrapped around him to hold it. That's the picture I get. Elisha putting his, his hands on the hands of the king on this bow. Elisha put his hand on the king's hands and he said, open the east window and he opened it. Then Elisha said, shoot, and he shot. And he said, the arrow of the Lord's deliverance and the arrow of deliverance from Syria. For you must strike the Syrians at Aphek till you've destroyed them. Then he said, take the arrows. So he took them and he said to the king of Israel, strike the ground. So he struck three times and stopped. And the man of God was angry with him and said, you should have struck five or six times. Then you would have struck Syria till you destroyed it. But now you'll strike Syria only three times. What was he saying? You stopped too short. You should have, you should have continued. You should have been persistent. You, you should have continued. You and I live in a fast-paced and impatient world, don't we? I mean, how many times here in Miami, how many times you pulled, you know, you're sitting at a, at a red light and before it even registers with your brain that the light has turned green, the guy behind you is blowing a horn, right? He's sitting there, you know, he's just, he's watching, it turns yellow, and the minute it turns red, and you're like, it's just, I don't know, it's a Miami thing. Or somebody sends you a text. And when you don't respond, within 30 seconds, they're already sending you another text message saying, hey, did you get my text? What's up? Right? His love is the main thing. His love is the main thing. We're so glad you tuned in to Main Thing Radio today. We'd like to encourage you to continue reading God's Word daily looking for the powerful truth and the promises that lie within its pages. There's always something to learn from the Bible, and we hope you'll make it a part of your daily routine. If you'd like to listen to more of Pastor Robert's teachings from the book of Matthew, you'll find them at MainThingRadio.com. You'll also learn more about this ministry and connect with us on social media. We also encourage you to subscribe to our podcast. Here's Tracy to tell you more. Life these days moves fast. From one appointment to the next, most of us race through our days with blinding speed. Those in-between moments are great opportunities to connect with God. Subscribe to the Main Thing Radio podcast to enjoy messages like you heard today, anytime, anywhere. Simply log on to MainThingRadio.com and click on the podcast button. Thanks, Tracy. 
We also want to invite you to join us for worship this weekend. Come visit Calvary Miami Beach on Sunday for worship and Bible study, or join us online as we live stream. You'll be able to find out all you need to know by clicking on Calvary Miami Beach under About at our website. Again, that's MainThingRadio.com. That's all we have time for today. Join Pastor Robert next time right here on Main Thing Radio.